This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From Friday Night Drive, I am Michael Drojek here with the record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as we got a lot of basketball to talk about, the end of Gates Gym, um, and a lot of different other sports as well. So uh, we'll do our usual four-quarter format this week. Um, in the first quarter, we talk about the final games at Gates Gym. Joe was out there to cover that. Um, not the games we expected, but still a very memorable uh, night. Uh, in the second quarter, we are joined by uh, Lisa Binton, um, who uh, spoke at the uh, New Trier Girls Basketball Tournament um, this past week. Uh, good to catch up with her. And uh, she was a keynote speaker for the tournament. So um, it'll be fun to hear what she has to say. Um, in the third quarter, we uh, play our weekly guessing game of Way or No Way, where we discuss whether things can happen or not. And in the fourth quarter, it is holiday tournament time. So we'll get you uh previewed and all ready for all the local uh, high school basketball tournaments that are taking place uh, both this week and next week as uh, we are in winter break here now. But um, let's jump on over now to the first quarter where um, we uh, say goodbye to Gates Gym um, as uh, it hosted its final events uh, this past week, um, hosted both the boys and girls basketball game, originally scheduled to be against Evanston, but um, Evanston, uh, uh, in that time has paused all extracurricular activities because of the, uh, the COVID surge right now. So, uh, both teams needed to, uh, cancel those games and, uh, replace them, but they were able to do that on Thursday night. And, um, both teams got a chance to play one last time, um, in Gates gym before, uh, the school starts renovating and, uh, building a new Gates gym, um, in the new, uh, calendar year. But, um, Joe, I know you got a chance to uh, catch up with some uh, catch up with some uh, players, some alumni, um, and you were there for the special night. So uh, take the folks at home through just uh, what was it like? I mean, the last night at Gage Gym. Yeah, it was a special night, no doubt. They, uh, you know, if you've ever been to Gates Gym, they had those stage doors with the big Trevian on it, usually closed for big games. So um, give that nice backdrop behind the hoop of a large Trevian logo, but uh, they opened those up, put some bleachers and that's where they had a ton of alumni. Um, and I do mean a lot, you know, uh, I, if I were to guess a couple hundred were there and uh, spread throughout the crowd, also student sections, of course, um, and other staff and things like that spread throughout the gym. It was, it was busy. I wouldn't say it was wall to wall just because if it was Evanston, um, you can bet it would have been standing room only. And, uh, uh, maybe they would would have had to close it to some people because of COVID, but it was um, still a ton of people and very celebratory and um, revelatory type of atmosphere. Um, a lot of spirit in the gym. Um, and, you know, I spent some time talking to some low alumni coaches about what Gates Gym meant to them. Um, and, uh, you know, I talked to um, Matt Lodick, who, who played for Nutrier and is one of the best of all time and said, you know, he... A lot of fond memories. Some of his best memories are in this gym. Um, I think he said all of his best memories were in that gym from high school age time. And he wanted to bring back his kids to see it. He has four kids. He's the head coach over at Valpo in Indiana. Um, he was also there to see Jake Fegan, by the way. But um, he, uh, 
he wanted his kids to see it. He wanted his wife to see it uh, before it was torn down. So who knows how many points he's, how many buckets he, he hit in that gym, but there are lots of them. So pretty cool stuff. Um, but, you know, I talked to some other alumni who, who very fond memories, but, you know, looking around, they said, you know, it served its purpose. It's time for an up, upgrade here. Um, it's, you know, you walk and you look at the nuance of the building. It's just not modernized and it's very difficult they can't hold um, some of the rivalry games there anymore, especially when um, Nutri and Evanston are both really good. Um, you just cannot fit the crowd. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely, I think, time um, for it. But it was a great night. And, you know, it was supposed to, like I said, it's supposed to be Evanston. And I talked to Coach Freaky after the game. And that was kind of a bummer to both the girls and the boys' side. They really wanted to, something special on that final night uh, as an opponent. Uh, wasn't in the cards. Uh, and that's okay. Nutrier said, Coach Fricky said he went up and down the top 20 list and tried to try to get a hold of anybody he could from uh, St. Rita to uh, Bloom to, you know, Loyola because they're because they're right nearby and, and it just they couldn't make it happen. So, um, but they went and approached Lake Zurich, who was coached by uh, former Trev's assistant for a long time, Terry Coglin. Um, no relation, by the way. Um, who uh, and he he was he was happy to come back for this game. He knew how special it was. So, um, pretty cool stuff. And uh, both Nutria and and same with same with the girls. They got Lincoln Park. So both of them took care of business on the court. But it was more of a, about a special atmosphere. They honored four um, Nutria honored four alumni. Uh, I'm sorry, four coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, uh, including Ron Klein, who the baseball field's named after. Um, so uh, and he was on hand. So pretty cool stuff um, all night. What were some of the, I mean, what were some of the remaining themes that you kind of heard from people that you talked to all night, just about um, whether it's special moments at Gates Gym that they remembered or um, just anything that they kind of remembered about Gates Gym that uh, that they hold on to uh, today and obviously wanted to uh, check out one last time? Yeah, sure. You know, Coach Coach Scott Freaky with the Nutrier Boys said, you know, his fondest memory or maybe most memorable memory um, is when he was actually an assistant and he first got a dose of the Evanston rivalry. And obviously he's been involved in a number of those games since, but when he first got it, you know, it's one of those rivalries where you got to probably be there to uh, really appreciate um, its intensity and, uh, and how special it is. So he, he talked about that and how that was really cool um, uh, to get that. And um, both coach, both uh, he and um, coach uh, Rogers, talked about uh, Terry Rogers with the girls program talked about how, you know, the intimacy of the gym that, you know, it's kind of that pit format where there's brick walls uh, built around and now there's bleachers in front of those walls, but some of the fans are on a second level. So looking down onto the court cheering from a higher position, it gives it a very intimate feel, very on top of you feel. And the gym has always had one of its, um, more classic qualities. It's always had that echo, that very bouncing off the walls. And uh, I write about this a little bit in the, I keep calling it the Gates Gym obituary that's coming out later today. Um, just about how that echo has really turned the gym into this, uh, maybe feeling like it's bigger than it actually is because of that. And so some coaches talked about that as well and the intimate nature of it. Those were kind of the common, common themes. What um, do you, what, from the students, I mean, obviously they've only, they've been playing in it right now, I'm sure the seniors as well, but um, what does some of the students say, and then obviously this can also be alumni, but um, about just being there for that moment and 
um, being the class or whether being on the team that uh, played in the last game at Gage Gym? I mean, what were some of those memories like and emotions like? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny because I was on the lookout for who's going to score the last basket for the Nutrier girls program in, in Gates, who's going to score the last one for the boys program. Um, Cause I knew that'd be, that'd be special, something they could hang on to. And, and because it was such runaway victories, they were um, reserves in both games, but still pretty cool. And actually in the boys side, some late, some buzzer beating free throws by um, a Lake Zurich, uh, a Lake Zurich kid. Um, where the last basket scored and it's fine I saw that his dad posted that on social media so everybody was kind of looking at that as this is a historic facility and uh, we're here for the last night and I talked to Abby Ryan afterwards of uh, the girls team she told me that, um, that she's been coming to the gym for a while and I think that's that's the case for a lot of people who grew up in the area that yeah they're on the team now but you know, they grew up coming to this game, whether it's with their youth programs and watching a game or just with their families, because basketball is so big in the Nutrier area. So it has that community feel as well. Like it's not just a high school gym. It's uh, a point of pride in the community. Very cool. Uh, obviously there to just be for the moment. And um, obviously folks at home who have heard the podcast know my views about it and Joe's views about the, the decision to move on. But What's your favorite moment, Joe? I mean, I know you spent probably um, over a decade just covering games in that gym and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, um, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot right now, but what, uh, if you had to put it, I mean, what was your probably favorite moment um, working in that gym? Man, I have not thought about it. That's crazy because going through all this research and, uh, you know, uh, interviews. I, I haven't asked myself that question, but I've been there for some Evanston um, games when we first started and quit. I don't know if I was there for just one year and then they moved it to Northwestern for a few years or it was a couple of years, but uh, those are nuts. You know, I, I, I keep thinking about players, players I've seen in that gym. I watched a ton of games with Connor Bame, um, who was a center uh, forward for, ended up playing at Dartmouth and um, had an illustrious career, um, an all-state career. Um, so I have a lot of memories of him dunking on, on people's heads. Um, so, and his, his, his little sister, Jeannie Bame, um, you know, racking up double doubles and eight blocks a game or whatever she did for four years as well. Um, I have a lot of those memories. Uh, Stephen Cook was probably my, the favorite player, my favorite player. I watched there. He went to Princeton, um, but he was just a uh, what do you call a five-tool player in basketball? Um, he was he, he was he was a Mister Do Everything for Nutrier. Just a uh, a shooter could score on all three levels and play defense. I think he he has the team record for single-game blocks. I think he had ten blocks in a game. Um, watched some great volleyball there too. The the Taylor Tashima teams of uh, that went to state three straight years um, and the Fauntleroy's as well, Katie and um, Haley on those teams all went high division one volleyball. Those were amazing teams. And I watched them a lot under coach Hannah Shea. Uh, fencing and uh, badminton spent time in those gyms. So I think that's another thing. If you want to touch on basketball is the kind of flagship sport in that gym. That's what it's known for, but it's hosted a lot of other things. Um, volleyball in the most recent years um it's hosted fencing it's hosted um uh, what did i just say uh the badminton um it has a feather fest is, is there 
um, as well as through the years, I saw old photos, you know, gymnastics, wrestling, things like that. So pretty cool. I cannot, I know I talked around your question. I cannot identify a single fondest memory, but I just spent a lot of time and really enjoyed uh, some of the big rivalries in that gym. Yeah, definitely. I think I've only been able to cover um, basketball in that gym, whether it's some uh, good GBS or GBN uh, basketball games with uh, um, with New Trier. I think uh, um, I can't remember whether that's right or not. I think uh, no, that was in Manis. Never mind. Um, but I did cover some uh, some good games throughout the throughout the years. And I, I don't know if it's my favorite memory, but something I'm definitely going to remember is the first time I ever covered something at a Gates gym. It was the first time I ever um, went to Gates gym. Um, because anytime we would play volleyball against uh, New Trier, it'd be at the Northfield campus. Um, so I had never been inside Gage Gym. And um, when I went there, um, I was really just impressed with the history of it and all that kind of stuff. But in post game, I remember, um, I can't remember if it was Fricky or someone told me, like, go to the classrooms. And I'm like frantically like trying to figure out what classroom he's talking about because there are like a million classrooms um, in Gage Gym and is trying to figure out like which exact one does the team meet around? Cause I had talked to, um, I think GBS or something. And then I had to figure out where New Trier was going. And, um, so it was definitely a wild goose chase there for a little bit, but, um, so it probably, I mean, I got the story out, so it's all fine, but, um, it definitely, uh, is definitely something I'm going to remember about the gym, um, you know other than the stuff that you talked about, just the memories and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I know what my most memorable moment is it's certainly not my fondest and it has to do with kind of the aging of, of the gym. I was there for a whatever. I think it was a regular season basketball or volleyball game. I don't remember that specifically, but I went to the bathroom and I sliced my finger something fierce on the the like uh, stall door. I just put my hand up there. I don't know what it was and it just sliced my finger and I had to get um like uh something I didn't get a full bandage but but paper towels from yeah. uh, athletic director Randy Oberamt. I definitely remember that. Huh. Well, that would be a good memory to leave you on <laughs> when you think about Jim uh, a few or 10 years or 20 years from now. But um, like we said, make sure to check, to check out Joe's uh, story about it. Um, made a lot of memories, a lot of fun moments in that gym. So uh, goodbye to Gage Jim. And uh, now for the, what is it now, the next uh, year and a half, next year and a half of school year, uh, they'll be playing on the Northfield campus and then uh, at the start of the 2023 school year? Is that what the, what the plan mm-hmm. is for the new gym to be open? Yeah, that new gym should open. Uh, I mean, that new three-story athletic facility, which will have, you know, new gyms, new classrooms, new um, just amenities galore, more organized, more uh, well laid out for the modern times. Obviously, uh, Gates Gym is classic, but you had to make modifications here and there just to uh, just to accommodate um you know, the more people and the more, and the more modern, um, things you need. Um, and, uh, this will be, this will be on par with the, with the renovations that happen on the other side of the school. Um, and, uh, it'll kind of be in coordination with that. So that's going to be something pretty special. Um, hopefully, you know, they, they did include some design elements, including like the domed roof. And, uh, there's going to be, you know, a case that displays, a lot of the artifacts and hopefully they keep some of the other signage and bricks and something that just gives it that charm still that's what we really hope is some of that old school charm as well because that's what gates gym had and we'll see but uh, it's going to be a modern gym and one that you know fits more people and more people comfortably so um and as well as 
serves the student body during the school day, um, which is something they really needed and was difficult. If, if you've ever tried to get down to like a track practice for a preview um, in February, uh, you had to go down these winding hallways. Some weren't even, you know, you had to turn sideways to get through. Um, it was, it's pretty wild down there. So um, this will be a complete upgrade in terms of all that, uh, all those amenities. Yeah, definitely. Well, RIP and peace, uh, Gage, Jim, and we're going to move on over now to uh, the second quarter where we are joined by NBA broadcaster, Lisa Bington. Um, she talked to uh, student athletes on Monday as part of the new Trier girls basketball teams grow the game tournament. Um, unfortunately, new Trier wasn't able to really play in the games because they have a, uh, a little bit of a COVID outbreak going on right now. But uh, Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up and hear what Lisa told the players and got a chance to catch up with Lisa. So what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah. You know, just a note on grow the game, which is such a cool tournament. It's only in its second year. Um, it started in 2019 as kind of the brainchild of a few women coaches around Chicagoland and uh, with 14 teams it had 29 this year. Now three had to drop, including Nutrier um, because of COVID um, reasons. Um, Nutrier found out uh, coach said just a couple hours before they were ready to tip off for their first game that they couldn't play. Um, so a uh, real bummer, but um, you know, they had, it, it's all about advancement in the sport for, in, uh, for women, gender equity in the sport. You know, she dropped a stat on me that only 25% of high school varsity girls coaches are uh, women. Um, and that was surprising because considering that uh, very few, if any, men's programs are coached by women, at least at the very top, then that means, you know, women hold about 12% of the, of the basketball jobs um, available. That's that's tough and it's something they're trying to reverse and kind of just make progress in and they have and who better to have than uh, Lisa Byington, who's the play-by-play uh, -play announcer for the Milwaukee Bucks, the first ever woman to hold a job like that in, uh, in America. Uh, just completely great. Now also she pointed out a, a little bit after she got the job, Kate Scott got the job with Philadelphia 76ers as well. So very cool. We have two play-by-play -play, um, women play-by-play -play announcers so she came down from Milwaukee and just talked about you know her she talked to the kids about her uh her kind of growing up as a woman athlete what certain coaches told her uh she moved on to her um college career she moved on to her humble beginnings in her professional career and then kind of brought it all together what she's doing now and how she got to the point really cool and I talked to her just about what message she hopes sticks and um um, just, uh, you know, the state of the state of women in sports and how that's making progress. All right, let's take a listen. Why do you think it's important to do these events? Uh, uh, talk, well, to, talk to kids. Yeah, I mean, the, when, like I started the speech and I, I just said when they first reached out to talk to me, I said, what's your event about? And it's all about everything that I support and, and part of my story is empowering women and giving women a chance. And so if um, I'm in elementary school or high school or middle school and, and I could have heard someone who had to kind of beat the odds as a woman in, in several different areas, I would have loved to be able to hear that and, and to know that the possibilities are out there. Maybe they don't know that you can be an NBA broadcaster, you know? And so now 
now maybe there's a little girl out there or a high school a student who watched that who now maybe that's one of their dreams yeah. you know and so you just have to it's just another way to kind of open up possibilities and to encourage women to be their strongest and to be their best and, and i always look for opportunities to do that what you know the anniversary of title nine there's, there's a lot of movement going right now what do you what do you think is the the current status of women in sports is, is it on a good momentum yeah, I think we're, we're sort of redefining now. First it was giving women opportunities in sports, and, and with that I mean just playing opportunities, and, and now also working opportunities. In the 80s and 90s, we didn't really even see women working sports as broadcasters. Right. So just take my profession as an example. Now, not only do we see women as, um, as broadcasters, but now we have to get away from pigeonholing how we see women as broadcasters, just using broadcasting as an example. So when we see a woman, we automatically assume that they're going to be a sideline reporter or maybe a studio host. And now I think we need to branch out and get out of like the pigeonhole roles and realize that women can be analysts, women can be play-by-play, -play, women can do um, a lot of different non-traditional roles. And I think that's, that's the next step and the next challenge. First it was getting involved, then it was getting a role, and now it's sort of redefining those roles. A lot of bits of wisdom in that you use a lot of antidotes to, to spark that boat. If they could walk away with one thing, might be a tough question for you, but if they could, what would it be? Well, I think that's the beauty of a speech is that I think, you know, I just talked to like, you know, seven or eight different people and they all walked away, I think, with seven or eight different things. And, and I, and it's not that I, I want them to walk away with one thing. That's why I try to share a little bit of, of different areas of my life. From me as a little kid, to me as a, a college athlete, to me as a, a broadcaster, you know, I don't know how people are going to relate to different areas of my life and so i'm hoping that one story might touch one person in one way and and one might you know in another way yeah. and i talked to everyone from like high school kids to an official who who sat here to some of the high school coaches and they all they all resonated with different things and actually to me uh that means that's a successful message because you're touching a lot of different Absolutely. people Thanks so much, Lisa, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to our guests every single second quarter. We appreciate all the insight and great analysis. And um, always great to uh, hear some things um, outside of the access and knows, but just about the um, impact and the things that are happening outside um, that are uh, sometimes bigger than uh, just analyzing one play or another. Um, let's move on over now to the third quarter, where we play our weekly game of Away or No Way. I throw out five propositions and Joe and I argue about whether they can happen way or no way they can happen. All right, we got holiday basketball hoops happening right now around the Chicago area. Um, both new, all both Nutrier and Loyola boys and girls programs will be taking place um, in some tournaments. So let, let's start, start off with the Nutrier boys, Joe. Uh, way or no way that the Nutrier boys basketball team can win the Pontiac tournament. I think they can, you know, they're the three seed. Uh, it's possible. Uh, it, it would be quite an undertaking because ahead of them are Simeon, who they'll play in the semis if they make it there. And um, the top seed is, oh, Curie. So uh, they'll be playing them um, if they make the finals, most likely. Bloom's also down there as a four seed, another great team. And there's, there's other teams spread out throughout the tournament that are that good. So there's no possibility if they, that they make the semis. It's a very good tournament, always has been, always will be one of the best and longest running in Illinois. So it'll be some good stuff. 
Um, I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I'll give him a chance. Um, I think this is a really good prove-it tournament for Nutri. I mean, they were able to win the, a tournament in Arizona, um, but I do think that this tournament will really um, help. The, I mean, these are the games that you're going to be playing um, in February for sectional titles, super sectionals, for a chance to go down to Champaign for a championship game, and um, I think this will really test things out. And um, for right now, I'm going to go no way. I don't think they. I don't think they can get past Simeon. Um, I think Curie's a hard team. I think Bloom's a hard team. Those are really good teams. But um, I don't think that Nutrier is going to be um, outclassed, or I don't think it's going to be double-digit wins for any of those teams if Nutrier loses. Um, I do think that Nutrier will be able to compete and um, show why it deserves to be considered one of the best uh, teams in the state. Um, but maybe this is a will show Michael tournament. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I do think that this will be a tournament where um, Nutria will find out a lot about itself, its shooting, its uh, post presence and that kind of stuff and how that stacks up against the best in the state. And um, if they're able to win that tournament, then I think we have to have a really different conversation about what the, what the goals are for this team um, heading into February. But for right now, I'm going to say no way. I don't think they can, be, they can win this tournament just with the amount of talent um, that the tournament has. I think it would be a, a tall task. All right, let's move on over now to uh, the Loyal Academy boys team who will compete um, at the Jacobs Finkel tournament. Uh, they will be, uh, they're playing Streamwood on Wednesday, which we're recording this on Wednesday. And then they are taking on Kerry Grove on Thursday. Semifinals are on Monday. Championship is on Tuesday. Way or no way, Joe, that the Loyola boys basketball team can win the Finkel tournament? Yeah, I think they're going to do some damage in this tournament for sure. Um, I, I... I don't have the bracket in front of me, which uh, is a misstep here, but um, I think they're definitely one of the best here, um, but I don't know if they've got what it takes to, to win the whole thing. Um, I'm going to quickly look at the bracket and I'm going to tell you. I think Jacobs is pretty good, is it not? Are they not? Am I missing? Yeah, I think they're a fine team. I don't. I wouldn't. I think Loyola would be able to take them on. Yeah. So usually, sorry guys, missed my research on this one. I, I think Loyola's got a good shot at this one. I think they're among the most talented. Uh, it's just Loyola's um, in tournament play. It's hard for to pick Loyola because they lack a certain you know punch. Um, like like a like a 60 scoring effort they have to shoot really well so um i guess they can do it it's just more difficult for them so i'll say no way they won't win this tournament i think that there is a there's a good chance that this team can win this tournament and i'm going to tell you why just i think that this team um i think uh has a lot of um it seems like they're really figuring it out i think that nutria lost really uh um was a loss that kind of mattered to them just based on figuring things out and figuring out what kind of team they have based on, um, I mean, they are still growing and while Nutrier kind of has it all um, sort of figured out so far. So um, I do think that uh, Loyola will beat Streamwood. I think Loyola should beat uh, Kerry Grove. And um, let me get you a Kerry Grove update real quick. Uh, Kerry Grove is, uh, they beat Grant 40 to 35. So um, I do think that Loyola should beat Kerry Grove on Thursday, and then they should make the semifinals. And um, I mean, just looking at this list of teams, 
um, that are playing. You got Prairie Ridge, South Elgin, Grant, uh, Crystal Lake South, Johnsburg, Loyola Streamwood, Barrington, Grays Lake Central, Jacobs, Rockerford, Wabonsia Valley. I mean, all good teams, but I don't, none of those teams really scare me that much where I'm like, Loyola can't win this tournament. And um, I think Barrington will have a good team, but um, Marion Central will have a, a good team as well. But um, I think Loyola can win this tournament. I think uh, um, no teams, see, I think this is the difference what we were talking about between Nutria and Loyola, where Nutria is facing a lot of the best teams in the state where um, Loyola in this Jacobs tournament is dealing with teams that I think are probably at the level that Loyola's at. So um, I do think that uh, uh, the Ramblers do have a good chance of winning this tournament. So I'll go away. I think that they'll uh, win this tournament. All right, the Loyola girls suffered their first loss of the season. They lost to Montini um, in uh, conference play. They will take on uh, Montini, I think, again, in the Montini uh, Christmas tournament. So way or no way, Joe, that the Loyola Academy girls team can get revenge in the Montini tournament this year? I think they will. Uh, I don't know if they'll win the whole thing. This is a good tournament um, besides Loyola and Montini, two very good teams. Uh, you got Naz, um, Nazareth, you got um, Trinity. Um, so some so some pretty good teams throughout this tournament. Whitney Young is in this tournament, always a great, one of the great programs in the state. Um, so um, I think they could beat them. They'll get them in the second round, wish it was a little later. Um, but if Loyola beats Lane Tech and Montini beats St. Francis, should happen. They'll play each other in the second round. Um, I think Loyola can get revenge. I think uh, Montini took them down, but it uh, probably, I think it was about eight or 10 points, a few buckets. Um, and I think uh, Loyola can reverse that. Um, they, they certainly have the talent to do so. So uh, I will say way. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think a uh, way that they can do that, I think, uh, um, when you have when you have these type of games where it's uh two games like in a span of a week or a week and a half or whatever it is um i do think that that kind of helps either team or especially the team that lost um when they're even matched like they are that the way the loyola is with montini so uh way i do think that loyola will get revenge against montini um in that tournament um i do think they have a good chance of winning the tournament i don't know if i'll pick them to win exactly but um i do think they, they should be definitely uh very competitive in that tournament. All right, the New Trier girls team uh, is scheduled to take place or take part in the Dundee Crown Tournament uh, next week. That's obviously if uh, all the COVID numbers work out and all that sort of stuff. Uh, where in no way, Joe, you think that this New Trier girls team can make some noise in the Dundee Crown Tournament? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, as long as they're healthy, you know, it's going to be really difficult, you know, if a, it, a quote unquote outbreak on a team, according to, I think the County is, is three players. Um, and so they, they meet at least that. I think they have a couple more. Um, so it's all when they get healthy and will they get healthy at the same time? You know, they might not, if they were out on Monday, I think they got 10 days. So they might miss a couple games in this tournament if they're able to play at all. But because of the nature of that, of, uh, other teams might get it. Who knows if the tournament shifts to shootout format and or maybe there's other teams that are late too. Nutria might get some games. Who knows? Uh, if they do get to play in it, yeah, I think they can make, make some noise. I think Nutria's on the up. Um, I think once they get all their players back um, and healthy and ready to go, this is a talented team. Um, it's got some seniors too who can play. Abby Ryan is very good. Um, and so I think this is a team that's going to look at and 
say no one wants to play that in the play. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I'll agree with you there. I think uh, um, way that they can make some noise. I think it's all dependent upon how healthy they come back and um, if they're able to have their whole team and they're not able to and they uh, play some games. I think they can make some noise um, in this tournament. All right, final way or no way of this week, and uh, it's not a great no way or no way that I really want to ask, but um, <laughs> COVID is. Uh, is back again now that COVID ever really left, but we are seeing a big surge with the new Omicron um, variant taking place and um, Delta is still very much in force. And um, you're seeing in professional and college levels that um, games had to be postponed. And um, you saw with Evanston, obviously Evanston is not going to be taking place um, in extracurricular activities for a little bit, a couple of weeks. Um, so way or no way, Joe, I hate asking this question, but will COVID cause a pause in high school athletics this winter? Man, um, I will say a, a large scale, uh, you know, full-blown pause from IHSA. I will say no way. I think teams are going to have to take breaks and I think we're going to persevere that way. And I do think if I'm, you know, it's diff this, this virus and all its variants evolve so quickly and it's new and we learn every step of the way. This, the evidence so far seems to suggest that Omicron's everywhere and it's still growing, but we're going to peak soon and then we're going to have another valley or start to get to a valley. And it's not as severe, so hospitalizations, um, and that, a lot of that has to do with everyone who's vaccinated and boosted, um, hospitalizations won't, um, be as severe to our, to our system. That's the hope. That's what we're looking. And some, there is some evidence to suggest that, and maybe we start to come down and start to see some daylight here, uh, for a, a valley of COVID, hopefully for a long while, who knows, we don't know, but I think they're going to persevere with, um, teams having to take days off here and there. It's just, you know, by the time we get to the postseason, is Omicron or, you know, COVID still going to be at this high of a transmission phase? If so, then I don't, you know, it's going to be an absolute. What's what's the the PC word for it? <laughs> just a cluster, just a mess by the time we get to the postseason, because that's not that far away. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. I think no way that their IHSA is going to shut down sports or anything like that, but um, I do think that it could be a potential problem, especially in the playoffs come um, February, where if we don't have this thing controlled and we're still getting a surge and you have new Trier potentially or Loyola uh, boys basketball or Loyola girls basketball missing out on a chance to play for a sectional title because they don't have enough players or they're missing a key player. I mean, that's just um, something that we might have to approach with again. And it, uh, it feels, uh, feels uh, sad and rough that we're still dealing with this and uh, we're still trying to figure out whether we can play or not, but um, that's just how it is. And you got to keep on playing the way you're doing it. And, um, but yeah, no way. I don't think that we're going to have a IHSA instituted uh, pause for all sports. I think um, it's just going to be a team by team. Just get tested. If you got, if you test positive, you got to sit out. If you don't have enough players, then uh, um, you're just going to have to forfeit or postpone the game. But um, yeah, no way. I agree with you there. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter after that great little uh, 
positive end uh, way of finishing up the third quarter. But um, let's talk some more basketball where um, we talked about it in the third quarter. We got some good tournaments going on here. Um, and I really am curious just to see, um, particularly with the Nutra boys team and the Loyola girls team of um, what they're able to do. And let's start off with Nutra boys where they play in this Pontiac tournament. Um, they win the Arizona tournament. Um, I don't know how well you know Arizona basketball, Joe. Um, I assume they're playing good teams, but um, it's hard to tell what level they're playing and that kind of stuff. But um, I feel like this is a pretty big week next week being uh, playing in the Pontiac tournament because this really determines what you, what kind of team you are and kind of can determine like what you work on here as you ready, as you uh, move on to conference play um, in January and February. But I feel like this is a pretty big week where Fricky and the players are going to find out exactly what kind of team they have here. I think so too. And I think, I think they started to um, see it a little bit during the Arizona tournament. I mean, they won three games. They look tough. Jake Vegan's looking like one of the best scorers in the state um, and put him alongside Jackson Monroe and a couple other shooters on that team. And they're extremely dangerous. So one thing I talked to Scott Fricky about after the, um, the last night at Gates, I talked to coach about the GBS game, which he missed. And I asked him like, <laughs> um, I asked him if you watch, watch the tape or how many times he watched the tape. And uh, he had some choice words for it off the record, but on the record, he told me that uh, basically he believes that, you know, aside from the X's and O's stuff, which was there, he believes his team. And he, he said this directly was, was uh, GBS was tougher. And GBS out tough them. And he thought a hallmark of his squad was that they were tough. So he said that will not happen again this season. They will not be outworked and out toughed um, in a game. And uh, he's going to make sure of that. So, uh, you know, some strong words. Uh, I'm sure he relayed that to the team in stronger words. So, you know, I, I think that's going to bode well for them down the stretch. And they're going to need it in this Pontiac tournament. I don't think they need to win this tournament to show that they're among the state's best. I think they just need a showing uh, that's, that's uh, competitive throughout and that's tough. And um, I think we're going to get it. I really do. I think they can man up with any team in the state. Um, can they, can they beat any team in the state? I don't know if that's the case, but I think they can man up with them and play with anybody. So I really do think that. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good measuring stick, but the real, the real work's going to be put in afterward. But this thing will tell them a lot of who they are. You're right. Yeah. So New Cheer starts off the Pontiac tournament on Tuesday playing against Manuel. Um, then they would potentially play either Lockport or Aurora. West, if they were to win that game, semifinal game would be against uh, most likely Simeon. Um, and then uh, championship game, I don't know, maybe Blue, maybe Curry, maybe Bloomington, Pontiac, who knows. All, a, lot of, a lot of good teams in this tournament. But um, I do think that uh, – I mean, even from that first game, I mean, Nutria playing against Manuel on Tuesday, that's not going to be an easy game, um, especially with what Manuel is able to do um, just playing in that area. Yeah, it's this is a good tournament, good teams throughout, and they enjoy playing in it too, so they're going to bring it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see uh, what happens, and hopefully I can get down there for at least one game. I'm hoping it's Simeon, but if it's not, wherever, and check in with them. Should be a lot of fun and obviously keep up with Joe for all the latest updates um, in that uh, in that uh, classic there. Uh, Montini uh, girls basketball tournament. Um, we talked a little bit about Loyola, whether they'll get uh, revenge 
um, against Martini in that tournament. But um, what do you think about their chances of winning the tournament and what they're able to do um, there? Yeah, I think they got a pretty good chance, as we talked about. It's it's a good tournament, but they're among the best in any tournament. So, um, you know, we got Nazareth that's going to come down um, from there. York's in here, Naperville North, Whitney Young, as I mentioned, who's who who has a couple losses, so they might come in a little underrated here, but it's Whitney Young. Um, so they're going to be fine in Trinity as well. So it's a very good tournament. I expect those teams to all be in the, you know, win their games and be – Maybe all those, I thought, if I mentioned, I mentioned a little more than four. So not all in the semis, but um, in the Elite Eight of the tournament. Um, so it's going to be good. I'm excited um, for this one. I think there's a possibility, but, um, you know, it's a tough road to travel. And these tournaments are going to get a lot of games. So I think Nutri is going to win their share. I'm sorry, Loyal is going to win their share of games here, um, whether it's in the main bracket or the consolations. And uh, it'll be a good one for them. They're going to, they're going to rack up the wins this year. Yeah, Loyola starts off against uh, um, Loyola starts off against Lane Tech on Monday, um, and then they move on, and uh, we'll probably play either Montini or St. Francis. So uh, it should be a fun uh, matchup there. Any last basketball thoughts here before we uh, say goodbye to the folks? No, good. A fun time of the year with the tournaments. Um, a little different this year, as we talked about um, before the podcast, in that we have to, you know, everyone's got to. The COVID's really disrupting everything, but um, we're living with it. We're managing the best we can. So hard to complain about it because um, we know it's out there and just got to keep everybody safe as best to our abilities. Um, but happy holidays to everybody um, otherwise and uh, enjoy, enjoy hope season, whether it's you're going to get plenty of basketball tonight, Wednesday. Of course, you're listening to this after that, but we got a little Illinois, Missouri. You ready for the bragging rights game? I'm excited. Yeah, you hope this is finally the year. I mean, this Missouri team has not looked too great, but I know the last two years, you probably had two of the better Illinois teams in program history, and they still weren't able to be Missouri. But uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, like like Joe said, uh, happy holidays. We always appreciate um, everyone who listens to uh, the Varsity Podcast. Always appreciate all the kind words and um, all the positive wishes. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us on Apple iTunes, uh, Android, what have you. We're all over there, uh, Spotify as well. Uh, give us a nice little review, subscribe. Appreciate all the support that we get. Check out older episodes of the Varsity Podcast as well. We've got some good pop football episodes and um, got some good uh, signing day content as well. So um, a lot of good stuff um, over there. Make sure you're also checking out uh, the Friday Night Drive. This week we put out our Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. And then on Monday today, we announced our all, uh, all Illinois, I guess, team of the year, first team and second team. So congratulations to all those players who uh, were na- nominated and named um, to those teams. And make sure you are uh, looking at the record North Shore for all the latest basketball coverage and everything else in the North Shore area, whether that be sports, news, lifestyle, and all of that. But that's everything that we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Next week, we'll do our year year in review uh, episode, look back at the year that was 2021. But before we do that, thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya.
Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. 